Welcome to live. Glad you guys are here tonight. Yes. Uh, give it up for John, who led worship right there. Uh, man, go and uh, check him out on Instagram. He leads worship at a church called Elevate People. And I think it's really cool that uh, churches are coming together, and he was able to come and help us out and uh, be here this week. So um, seriously, great job, John and Hannah and the whole band up there. You guys are phenomenal. Uh, but bad things, bad things, the series we're starting tonight, we're going to do it for four more weeks. Uh, I just want to talk about some bad things at a good church because bad things happen. Uh, you know, I, we could do like an open mic. You come up here and so what's the worst thing that's ever happened to you? You come up here and tell me your story and you're like, oh, it's so sad. And we'd all be in tears by the day. Bad things happen. I mean, seriously, bad things. Like, like just now, honestly, about 30 minutes ago, I got a text from my wife that there is a little girl in our neighborhood just 30 minutes ago that was on her scooter and got hit by a semi. And Lifelight was in our neighborhood 30 minutes ago. I don't know if she's okay. It breaks my heart. I wish I was there. Bad things happen. And we're going to talk about somebody who bad things continued to happen to him and how God showed himself through all of those bad things. And there's a verse that really, really annoys me. I don't know if you have a verse that annoys you, but this verse annoys me because this is the verse that people tell you whenever a bad thing happens in your life, whenever someone passes away, when you don't make the team, when you fail a test, when your boyfriend or girlfriend breaks up with you, when you get caught stealing from um, a store. <laughs> I was trying to think of a store in the mall. I was like, ah, I couldn't think of anything because I just don't go to the mall, obviously. But here's the verse. James 1 verse 2 says this, consider it pure joy. And whenever, you're, whenever you've gone through something bad, like that's the last thing you want to hear, like consider it pure joy. Shut up. That's what I want to tell you. Shut your face. You don't understand. But this is what people say. It's in the Bible that James says this. Consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters. Whenever you face bad things, whenever you face trials of many kinds, just th think about it for a second. You're going through a bad situation and someone just comes into your house or comes to you wherever you meet up and you're like, or they text you this verse. And silently behind you, you, you know, you cuss them out. You know, you don't really text it, but you're thinking it when you get it. And you're like, are you serious? Verse three. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Shut up. My dog just lost his second leg. Now he's got two legs. And you're sending me a verse, consider pure joy. That Lucy now has two legs. I mean, <laughs> bad things happen. In this verse right here, though I'm joking about it, it is so true. Because the testing of our faith, the testing of our faith, faith is this. Faith is believing in something you cannot see, which is a whole nother deal. The testing of that produces 
perseverance. Perseverance is pretty much this. If you're in a race and you're really, really tired, you keep on going. When you're playing a sport and you're just getting smoked by 42 points and you know you're not going to score a touchdown or you know you're not going to get a run or you know you just keep on giving it your all. That's perseverance. You don't stop no matter what happens to you. And so we're going to talk about a dude named Joseph. And <laughs> this guy... What he went through is brutal, like horrible. I mean, the worst thing, truly, I've had a lot of bad things happen in my life. <laughs> but I think one of the worst things that has ever happened to me, truly, was when I was 12 years old. And a lot of you know this story. I was 12 years old. I came home. And my house had been destroyed. I walk in and everything is broken. Everything's gone. It's gutted. Like my house. Think if you went home tonight and your house was empty, like Harvey times 20, just gone, everything in there. And then my mom is sitting on the floor and she is crying. And she says, you need to take your sister and go find a place to live. 12 years old. That was one of the worst moments of my life and I seriously took my sister and my dog her name was Dipsy she's no longer with us and we <laughs> she, she, she passed I was 12 I'm 18 now it's been a few years <laughs> it were in and we're walking, and we walked around three to four miles, and I was seriously knocking on doors, asking if I could live with these friends of mine. I was 12. I had a little sister. She was four. And a dog named Dipsy. That was one of the worst moments of my life. I would say top five. But God used that moment in my life and he has done so much with that moment. That moment right there, I have shared it before, and people have come to Christ because of that story. Because of that moment, I have a heart for hurt families. Because of that moment, I have a heart for people whose homes have been destroyed. Because of that, I could go on and on because of that moment and what God did in that bad thing. So let's look at Genesis 37. Genesis 37. Genesis is in the beginning. And don't be ashamed if you have your Bible and have to use your table of contents. It's cool. It's all right. A lot of you are like, what's a table of contents? It's on my phone. I just Googled it. Genesis 37, verse 2. This is the account of Jacob's family line. Now, when you hear that, you think, oh, that's going to be really good. A family line. This is the account of Jacob's family line. And you hear that, you're like, sweet. It's going to be cool. You're like, no, I don't really know what that means. But... Most of the time, you talk about someone's family like, man, let me tell you about the family line of Meredith Landry. Starts with her father. He was amazing. And then her mother, and just this awesome family. And then Meredith. Look at this family line. This is the account of Jacob's family line. Verse two. Joseph, comma. Now here's the deal. That's a, that's a, that's a big word and a comma. Why? Because Joseph was the baby he was the nobody. He was the ugly one. He was the turd ball. He was the one that no one liked. He was the one that everybody was jealous of. And the Bible, which is a pretty big deal, starts out with the nobody. That's like, it doesn't normally happen that way. 
So the family line starts out with Joseph, comma, a young man of 17. He was 17 years old. Remember that as we're talking about this. He's 17. He was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Blaha and the sons of Zipla. That's real. That's a female name. Okay. Work with that one. By the way, that's two wives married talking about Jacob, Jacob's two wives. Whole nother conversation. His father's wives, comma, whatever. Bad example. And he brought their father a bad report about them. He's a tattletale. He's a tattletaling turd. I mean, y- y'all know, okay, you've got brothers and sisters, and they're like, nah, nah, they, whatever. So this whole family line starts out with Joseph being a tattletale. And I seriously can't stand tattletales. Like, it really drives me nuts. My son, he is a massive tattletale. Massive. Okay, he's four. Dad, Emmy, we're like, don't, are you tattling? Go handle your business. He'll come in, I'm, the neighbor, whatever her name is, the, her, his name is, they, go handle your business. Stop being a tattletale. That's Joseph right now. Verse three. So this whole family line, the whole thing about Joseph starts out with him being a tattletale. Cool. Verse three. Now Israel, Israel is another name for, jo- for Jacob, okay? Maybe you have a nickname. That's Israel equals Jacob, same deal. Joseph's dad, Jacob and Israel, same thing. We'll talk about it later. Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons. Rude. He's the favorite. Y'all know in your family who the favorite is. Like if you ever, you know who it is. You're like, that's me, I know it's me. I'm the baby, I'm the best looking, I'm the smartest, I'm the la 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 la. Okay, you know that, but you never really say that unless you're like really a jerk to your brothers and sisters. Like, well, I'm the favorite. That's why I got the new car and you didn't. (laughs) Joseph is the stinking favorite. How do I know that? Um, Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons. Rude. Like, if your mom or dad wrote that down and you read that after they passed away, you'd be like, that is seriously horrible. (laughs) Like, you didn't have to put that in writing. Because he had been born to him in his old age, and he made an ornate robe for him. Can you imagine? You're the favorite, and what do you get? A robe. No one's even wearing robes these days, okay? But that's, that was a big deal. And you know, check this out, that his brothers found out. That's not fair, again, Very annoying in my house. That's not fair. I took my daughter this morning to this little gas station called Bucky's. It's real small, Bucky's. And she got some candy for school. I dropped her off, whatever. I then at nine o'clock take my son to preschool. My daughter left the candy wrapper in the car, truck, if you will. My son goes in and says, what's this? I said, it's a candy wrapper. That's not fair. Emmy got to go get candy. And I was like, no, it's from like a month ago. I'm just kidding. I wouldn't lie. (laughs) But he did. He said, 
that's not fair. You took Emmy to go, and the whole way to preschool, I'm like, get out of the car. It's fair. And he cried. It's just a whole emotional deal. Or like Friday at our house is icy day, okay? We have to do it once a week because if not, I will get large. -er. And so, (laughs) so Friday is icy day. Well, one time, guess what? I forgot to get Emmy an icy on icy day, and I just got Ayler and myself an icy. Huge mistake. Why? She gets off the bus, and me and Ayler are like, <laughs> okay? And, and you know how y'all are. You know how you guys are to your brother or sister, okay? He has an icy, and he's like, oh, what's up? <laughs> icy, you don't have one. <laughs> and what does she say? That's not fair. That's not fair. I, I mean, there's so, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Instagram some stories about that, because it happens probably every five minutes on the minute, okay? All the time. That's not fair. That's not fair. That's not fair. Joseph's brothers are saying the same thing. Verse four, when his brothers saw that their father loved, this is just horrible. When his brothers saw their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him. A little strong, a little strong. Hate, just so you know, if you're taking notes, equals murder of the heart. When you say you hate someone, I get it. Sometimes you're angry, like I hate you. You just murdered them with your heart, okay? You're like, I know, I meant to. They hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. That's not fair. Verse five, Joseph had a dream. (laughs) This is so dumb. Like, he's 17, so it makes sense. Work with me. Sounds good. Joseph had, all the parents like, amen. Joseph had a dream. Now remember, his parents, or (laughs) his brothers already ticked at him. And so, whatever, random, Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, comma, they hated him more. (laughs) Like, your brothers already, like, I just feel like Joseph's like this, like, not very smart, okay? He's just kind of like, hey, guys, I know you don't like me, but I'm going to tell you about my dream. Look at the dream he did. Look at the dream. He said to them, listen to the dream. You ever had that human in your life? Like, I don't like you. Stop talking to me. Go away. Shoe fly. I don't like you. I'll block you forever in life. Listen to the dream that Joseph tells his family and his family already hates him. We were binding sheaves of grain. Like you have these dreams all the time. You're out binding sheaves of grain, whatever that means. In the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. Okay, (laughs) here's what he just said. There's gonna be a day whenever I'm in charge and you're all bowing down to me, booyah. That's what he just says in this dream he had when he was 17. His brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more. Verse nine, (laughs) he had another dream. Look, dude, just leave your dreams yourself, okay? And he told it to his brothers, listen! You know, you know that guy or that girl. Like, hey, 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 listen, I got a story. I got a dream. I had a dream about you. He had another dream. He said, I had another dream. And this time, the sun and the moon, the mom and the dad, work with me. The sun and the moon, the mom and the dad, and the 11 stars, the brothers, the 11 brothers. He had 11 brothers. That's a lot. He had two wives, 11, it works out. Sun and the moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. 
He just told his brothers who have already said he hated him three times. By the way, I had another dream. You're gonna bow down to me. And he doesn't get it. He's not like, cool. I mean, he's probably like, isn't that great? When he told his father as well, because you know how, how we are, like, hey, I, you tell your brother and sister, then you go tell your parents. His father rebuked him and said, go to your room. What is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his, fa- his father kept the matter in mind. Reminder, Joseph is 17 years old. Truthfully, no need to offend anybody in the room because there's not any teenagers in here, but sometimes teenagers make some choices that aren't very smart. Sometimes teenagers say things that you probably shouldn't say and you're like, oops, <laughs> didn't mean to do that, didn't mean to text that, didn't mean to put that out there on my story, but I did, sorry. That's Joseph right now. Here's the coolest thing though, is that God revealed to Joseph in his dreams that he is going to be a leader. He told Joseph, you're gonna be a leader. But then what happens next is God allows some things to happen to Joseph. Let's fast forward to verse 20. I'm sorry, verse 18. Before we read 18, Joseph and Jacob, father and son, are having a meeting. And the dad says, hey, your brothers are out in the field. Go hang out with them. So Joe starts walking out to the brothers. Remember, it's a whole deal. They don't like it. They hate him, all this stuff. You ever been in a moment when that person's coming towards you and you're with a group of people and you're kind of like, oh, crap, here he comes. And you kind of start texting each other, even though you're like right here, you're like right next to each other. You're like, what are we going to say? I don't know. I don't know. What, what do you think we should do? Should we run away? <laughs> no, he's, he's closer. Why is he wearing that? You know, you start doing that to that person coming that you don't like. No one would do that. Because we're all Christians. We love everybody. We wouldn't do that. These are, these are, we're not talking about us. It's just an example. Verse 18, they saw him in the distance and before he reached them, they plotted not to leave, not to let him alone, but they plotted to kill him. It's a little intense. See, I told you hate is the murder of the heart. You say you hate somebody, next thing you do, you're killing them. That's real. That is real though. That is very real. Verse 19, they called him a name. Y'all pay attention. They called him a name. Very rude. The dreamer. Here comes that dreamer. Call someone a dreamer when you get mad. You dreamer. Like, what? Here comes that dreamer. They said to each other, come now, let's kill him. These are his brothers. You're like, I get it. I understand. Let's kill him. Let's throw him into one of these wells, throw him into a deep hole, and then say that an animal killed him and ate him up. And then we'll see what comes of his stupid dreams. They're saying that he's coming. He's like, hey, guys. You know how he is. Hey, I got another dream. I'm coming. And they're like, I'll kill you. <laughs> he's, like, he's, he's jogging like he's so excited. Bad that he's singing the whole time and he's coming. They're like, let's kill him. <laughs> Sending messages. <laughs> then one of his brothers was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Someone, someone normal kind of stepped up and those 11 brothers said, hey guys, let's not kill him. Let's make money off of him. 
that, that guy is cool. Like, I want to hang out with that guy. He's thinking. You know what I'm saying? Like, we kill him, we don't get anything. We're just sad, go to the funeral. Let's make money off of him. That's what he says. He's smart. I get it. That's great. Verse 23. So I don't know how long. <laughs> I'm picturing like a field, right? I don't know why I'm picturing a field, but that's what I picture. This is the MHV, Michael Head version. And Joseph's a long way away and like, oh, he's coming. Verse 23, he finally gets there. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, rude. My dad gave me that. <laughs> and they took him and they threw him into the well, this huge hole where they got water. It's called a cistern. The cistern was empty, semicolon, there was no water in it. Just in case you didn't understand the word empty, there was no water in it. Let's switch it. Let's put ourselves in Joseph's position. He didn't understand. He was just wanting to hang out with his brothers. He had two great dreams. He's been the favorite. He was the last born. He's the one that the parents did everything for. He even got a really cool robe. He shows up and his brothers strip him and throw him in a well. And now he's at the bottom as well like, what in the world is happening? Those are the moments when it's like God truly, you feel God has abandoned you. You feel in those moments, and we've all, we never, maybe you've been in a bottom of a well, I don't know, but where you're just sitting there and you feel like everybody else, everything else is great. Everybody else is living their life. Everything else has, is, is going awesome and you're, actually at the very bottom of everything and your life is horrible. You're looking up and you see nothing at all. And you're by yourself, you feel alone and you feel abandoned. That's what's happening to Joseph right now. It's exactly how he feels. There's no doubt about it. He was coming to hang out and work in the field and he got stripped of the robe his dad gave him. And he, he didn't know, he doesn't know exactly what God is gonna do through all of this. He has no idea. I mean, I, I, I do feel like we've all been there. I know I have for sure. Rejection is brutal. Being rejected is seriously hard. Going through pain it's so hard. And again, we could all, I could open up a mic and you all come up here and tell me your bad thing story. The neat thing that we're gonna see as we continue this in the next few weeks is that even though he was rejected, God was doing it totally to protect him. Even though that he was rejected, he didn't know the big plan that God is doing that to totally protect him and in this room right now maybe you're watching online maybe you are feeling like you're in the bottom of a well and you feel like everybody is against you well I want you to know like we just talked about in James that truly God has something amazing planned for you 
I did not know in my life going through everything I went through that I would ever, ever, ever be a youth pastor that got to tell teenagers about Jesus. When I was a teenager, there's no way I would have ever thought of that. But God took my rejection of my parents. God took the rejection of other people in my life. God took the rejection of colleges that I applied to and I really wanted to go to. And he did it all for a massive plan to protect me. And tonight that's true with so many of you in this room. So with no one looking around, I want to give everybody an opportunity tonight to meet the ultimate protector, to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because I want you to know right now with no one looking around, Jesus Christ is the only way that I am the person I am today because of what he did on the cross and what he did and is doing in my life right now.